Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Watching the coverage last night of the Russian military shelling a nuclear power plant was terrifying. Now, so far, the IAEA says there's no radiation leak. So far, that's the reporting we're getting. That they were attacking administrative buildings, not necessarily the reactor, but they have seized control of it. And what that will let them do is basically turn off the lights. Now, Putin says he's not attacking civilian populations. We can see clearly that he is. And if he is going to put this iron ring around Kiev, turn off the lights, he is going to terrorize the civilian population. A population that has not once, not ever threatened him. Watching people upload videos or give interviews, watching women in bomb shelters with babies is horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. So now this brings us to what to do. And I've noticed, and Alex Marlowe and I, our morning show, senior editor Breitbart, have been discussing that there's a three-way split among voices in the conservative movement. There's the alleged isolationists. There are the people who say, let's bomb the hell out of them, the Russians, that is, in Ukraine. And then there are the people that are saying, wait a second. We have to look at the factors going forward. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's where I am. If I thought that a couple of American aircraft, A-10 warthogs could just destroy this 40-mile convoy and Putin would get the message and get out of there, I'd be all for it. But it's not that simple. And we have to stop pretending that it is that simple. First of all, I don't need to tell you this. Russia's a nuclear power. Well, they would never do that. Really? There were a lot of people just six weeks ago saying, well, he won't really invade Ukraine. He's just rattling sabers. Okay, okay, minor incursion, Biden said. He won't try to take the cities. No, okay, he's just trying, he's just trying to oust the government. He's not going to attack civilian populations. So clearly, the uh, conventional wisdom was wrong. Now, when I say what I'm about to say, it is not an indictment or even a, even a minor criticism of our military. Our military, even though it has fought an urban war in Iraq, even though it has fought an asymmetrical war in Afghanistan, even though our non-commissioned officers, up to officers, down to new recruits, have information about asymmetrical and urban warfare that probably was limited to special operations forces 40 years ago. The big military is not designed 
for occupation and governance. That's not what the military does. The military is there to defeat another military and then come home. The idea that we're that our military can put not just boots on the ground, it's never just boots on the ground. There's an entire infrastructure that has to follow the boots on the ground. Logistics, supply. If the military stays long enough, construction begins, bases, checkpoints. Then the military has to engage in patrols, especially in civilian areas. It is not as simple anymore as drop a few bombs on a few on a on a small terrorist pocket and get out. We see that special operations doing just that in Africa. There's way more to this. It's not that our military can't achieve a mission, cannot achieve a goal. We don't even know what the goal is. Nobody's talking about what would happen six months from now. Nobody's talking about that. Right now, the Russians are facing fierce resistance from the Ukraine military and what essentially would be considered a militia, the Ukrainian people. But do not forget or discount that there is a separatist movement that is concentrated in an entire region. If anyone thinks it would be that simple to put our military into that theater, into Ukraine, and there wouldn't be a proxy war funded and led by Vladimir Putin using separatist forces, you're out of your mind. And then that would put the American military in yet another place, even though these people are ethnic Russians, to be killing Ukrainian nationals on their own soil. Let me say this also. Donald Trump did not weaken NATO. Donald Trump exposed its weakness. The United Nations has proven, proven to be worthless here. Absolutely worthless. The entire concept of a UN Security Council, completely worthless. These two organizations were designed were designed in the post-World War II era to promote peace and stability. They have done none of that. This, by all accounts, is the worst invasion and war in Russia since World War II. The UN couldn't stop it. They didn't even try. The most we got was strongly worded emails and the fact that the Russians were sitting in the president's chair of the Security Council as they were rolling tanks across the border of their neighbor. If that's not proof that the UN is worthless, I don't know what is. How's that World Health Organization thing working out? Can they at least tell us about how we got COVID? Of course not. They've been running interference for China. So top to bottom, remember the Iraqi oil for food program? Complete disaster. Kofi and Kojo Anand. Walked away with millions of dollars of what was supposed to be an agreement to allow the Iraqi government to purchase food and medicine and necessities for their oil, but not weapons. And we know that went all to hell. So the UN, there's nothing positive about the UN at this point. 
Their peacekeeping forces are terrible. They've never solved any of the ethnic cleansing or genocide in Africa. We don't even talk about it. The UN is worthless. How many times should American blood be the price of peace in Europe? How many times? How many times? This is not about shrinking or receding or ceding leadership. We don't have leadership. Do you really want the people who ran the Afghan withdrawal to run the invasion of Ukraine? You have a chairman of the Joint Chiefs who's spending more time boning up on white rage, spending more time trying to understand the role of non-binary troops than he is about an actual conducting warfare. New recruits. Basic training, recruit training. Our forces are spending time, actual time, on the crap and garbage that comes with working in corporate America. Corporate America has given up on its own efficiency. Employees now spend half their day in Zoom calls. Checking boxes. Yeah, yes, yes. Zim, Zay, Zier, Zap. 12 different recycling bins. Understanding gender pronouns and all this other stuff. If Let me, let me ask you something. If, if, you have, if you have a job, I have a job, you have a job. We all have a job to do. There's only so many hours in the day. We have families, we have lives, we have things we want to do. But we have to work for a living. And if you've got an 8, 10, 12 hour day to accomplish your goals, and three of those hours are spent remembering everybody's gender pronoun. You're not doing your job. That's three hours you're not doing your job. We're doing this to the military. And this has been done in many of our NATO allies and their militaries. Again, Donald Trump didn't weaken NATO. He exposed the weakness. And some of the most shocking things that we're finding out now is not only has Joe Biden and Tony Blinken essentially outsourced the negotiations in Iran to the Russians. The Russians are now helping the Iranians violate their own sanctions. Oh, yeah? Nobody's talking about it. And by the way, you know that talk of sanctioning the oligarchs? What did, what did Jen Psaki say? Feel the squeeze. Feel the squeeze. You know, like if Biden's approaching a 12-year-old girl, feel the squeeze. Well, the Associated Press, not exactly town hall, not exactly hot air, not exactly Breitbart says, eh, we're not really doing that. What? Excuse me? Headline, U.S. sanctions on Russian oligarchs miss the rich of the rich. The term Russian oligarch conjures images of posh London mansions, gold-plated Bentleys, and sleek super yachts in the Mediterranean. By the way, maybe the Russian people ought to know that their wealthiest people who've taken so much out of their economy don't even live in Russia anymore. They're in Greece. They're in France. Notice where some of these yachts have been seized have been everywhere but Russia. 
But the raft of sanctions on oligarchs announced by President Joe Biden this week in response to the invasion of Ukraine may do little to dim the jet-setting lifestyles of Russia's ultra-rich and infamous, much less force a withdrawal of tanks and troops. We're not even really going after them. You know why? Because our elites, in the end of the day, want to do business with their elites. Why do you think, and that's, that goes across the board for NATO, why do you think if the Russians are terrible, awful, no good, can't be trusted, first of all, these oligarchs got to be oligarchs because they run the oil industry there, the state-run oil industry. But if all of a sudden these are terrible, well, why— why would they think to park their yachts in France or anywhere else in Europe unless they're a welcome presence? Because their elites and our elites want to do business with the Russian elites. Again, it's no small fact that Hunter Biden was installed on the board of directors of a pro-Russian Ukrainian oil company. You think he's the only one? You think he's the only son and daughter of the swamp who's mixed up in this stuff? Get out of here. The problem is Biden, Biden is out of his league and doesn't know what to do with himself. And the dummies he's surrounded with. Blinken? Blinken is the red line guy in Syria. Blinken is the guy who said, yeah, we should let the Russians get rid of the chemical and biological weapons. That guy. Remember, I don't care how many ankle biters. I don't care if you take my left leg or my right leg. Under Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and yes, Hillary Clinton, we let the Russian government acquire 20% of U.S. uranium in the Uranium One deal. Fact, fact, fact. You think that happened just because they thought it was a good business deal? Or is it that the Clintons raked in $2.5 million and more? The reporting is all there. So we're not really going after the Russian oligarchs. And whatever yachts or cars or apartments were seizing are probably their second or third. Yeah, take that one. You can have that boat. I got three others. We're not doing anything to them. As a matter of fact, we're letting the Russians run the Iran nuclear deal. Headline, Washington Examiner. Russian envoy says Iran nuclear talks are on the finish line. Oh, great. Thank you, Russia. Negotiations over the renewal of the Iran nuclear deal have reached the finish line, according to Russia's lead negotiator, despite international tensions over the Russian invasion of Ukraine and misgivings about Iran's refusal to cooperate with the U.N. nuclear watchdog. So Russia is taking the lead here. The optimism found an echo in some Western negotiators participating in the talks as Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's team acknowledged that we're close to a possible deal. Oh, good. So Blinken is taking a backseat to the Russians. Headline, Washington Free Beacon. Russia involved in plot to help Iran bust U.S. oil sanctions. Oh, my God. So the Russians are taking the lead in the Iran nuclear deal. 
while simultaneously helping them violate other sanctions. Sanctioned Russian tankers are carrying illicit Iranian oil, providing a fresh financial lifeline for Tehran and highlighting significant gaps in the Biden administration's enforcement of sanctions. The two tankers, named the Pegasus and the Linda, were recently sanctioned as part of U.S. efforts to isolate Russian businesses over the Ukraine invasion. It has now become apparent that the two ships have been ferrying illicit Iranian crude oil. In recent months, a move experts say is a scheme to evade U.S. sanctions. <laughs> so the Russians are invading Ukraine. We're not actually sanctioning the actual oligarchs. We're still buying 600,000 barrels of Russian oil per day. So whatever funds we've frozen that are Putin's, he's getting on a daily basis back in the sale of oil. The Russians are taking the lead in Iran and helping the Iranians violate already imposed sanctions. And you wonder why some of us don't want to put our military in a hot war zone in Ukraine right now. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.